0: Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And yeah, we do welcome you
1: to the two guys and a mic show. Welcome beautiful, beautiful Monday here in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We appreciate your, uh, joining us for a brief moment in time. Big dog, I know you're not in the studio. You are, uh, listening slash calling in from your palatial estates out in beautiful Aurora. How are you, my friend? I wish you were here. I wish I could, uh, reach out and grow, I mean, reach out and touch you.
0: Uh, Coach, I wish I could put my arms around you too at full speed, but you know that's that's another story. Story totally, you know, different. Actually, I'm en route to being on set, so I'm not in the palatial estate today.
1: You are en route to being on set for one of your uh, potential TV appearances, correct?
0: Yes, this is uh, absolutely right, Coach. And uh, dancing with the stars.
1: Is this Dancing with the Stars, American Idol, or a different uh, presentation?
0: No, it's funny you say Dancing with the Stars because, Coach, I'm seriously going to start going to dance classes. Really? Yes, and that and that's why I can learn how to dance for anything, like (laughs) career-wise or objectively. I just want to go there because typically the guys that go to these classes are like 28 year old virgins. Uh huh. So, like, I've convinced one of my roommates to go with me. We we think we might have a shot to actually, you know, pick up a girl or so at these classes.
1: Well, you know, we had previewed in a couple of tweets and in our uh, Facebook page that, uh, you know, one of the questions was beyond how do we turn around the Chicago White Sox, what the hell happened to my horse in the Kentucky Derby, and other NBA playoff scenarios, the big question is did the big dog break his two-week dry spell this weekend, and apparently, based on the fact that you're signing up for a dance class with your male roommate, I'm going to take a wild guess and say the answer is no.
0: Uh, no, we did not. But speaking of sweets, <laughs> I was at a place called Saddle Up on on Friday. Saddle and Up, huh? A twist, which Woo-hoo! is dead. It's good stuff. You know what a twit is, Coach?
1: Uh, I'm afraid to ask.
0: Yeah, it's a teen woman in her 30s. Really? Yeah, they're like you know these girls are divorcées and they're dressing uh-huh. like they're 18 again. Okay. I I, I got to really I'm pretty happy with how many there are in the world. There's a lot of unhappy women, <laughs> and those are really the only ones I have a shot at getting. <laughs> I'm more
1: fascinated by the name of the bar. Saddle up is actually the name of the bar.
0: Hey, coach, this is no joke. And I'm in, in Route 59, and uh, <laughs> while you know we went, I, I was dragged there by one of my buddies, and he was like, "You've got to go so We walk in there, and first of all, I walk into this place, and there's cops <laughs> everywhere, and I'm like, "Oh, this is definitely a country bar. Look at all these, you know, all these cops in around. There. And then I turn the corner, and it's legitimately five-to-one woman-to-guy ratio, yep. and the, the men that were there are either punk rockers or African-American. And, and I have no problem with that because you know I, I could party with anybody, but <laughs> I just didn't expect to see so many brothers at a country bar.
1: <laughs> a country okay. bar and a combination punk. of punk rockers and African-American. That Do sounds- you mind if we dance with your dates?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like a good time was had by all.
0: Oh, it, it it definitely was. Uh, I did the the Texas two-step with some girl that was Tennessee two-timing. Really? Yes, it, it was a very interesting. Coast. I got
1: to check this place out for uh, any of the listeners out there that might be fascinated. There's some people maybe, you know, we're pondering uh, what city to visit during this summer. Maybe take a long weekend trip, and suddenly the saddle-up uh, location, the city of Chicago, becoming more desirable. Where uh, might people? Is this like North Side, South Side?
0: It's Subur- a oh, it's a it's a far 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 western suburb. It's just on the border of Iowa. Wow. It's uh, that, it's Route fifty nine and Ogden Avenue, the northwest boy. corner of that intersection. But that's, it it is worth going there because not only is uh is it like a five to one woman to man ratio, uh-huh. but I think they stole most of the waitresses from the local Hooters on Route fifty nine. really? Yes, it was the talent there was pretty wow. good.
1: Too bad it's so far far west. That's that's a bit of a hike.
0: Oh, yeah, ain't it the truth? Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not kidding. When the tumbleweed flies past my house, uh-huh. it's not good. <laughs> i got to get
1: back to the, the, to the suburb. Beautiful. Big Dog, great to have in. I'm not sure if you answered the question, if the streak was broken or not, but we're not going to dig any further. Uh, our phone number, if you want to ask the Big Dog any questions or, God forbid, actually talk some sports with us, it is 888-463-6748. Dog David Olsen, our regular producer, apparently uh, holed up a little bit. Maybe he visited the uh, saddle up over the week. Weekend. But please welcome, if you will, Randy Myers coming in from the back administrative room, and he's producing today. Say hi to Randy. Uh,
0: what's up, Randy? Hey, the last uh, Randy Myers uh, in Chicago that came in for release beat up uh, one of the Chicago Cup fans on the mound. Yes. No, no, I'm no I guarantee. I would not talk back to Randy Myers today. I know
1: it's a sensitive name, but this uh, this Randy Myers clearly more productive than the Chicago Cub. Uh, what was he? A left-hander?
0: Yeah, he, w- he was a lefty, and uh, there was one year when the Cubs were really bad, mm-hmm. and he had 54 saves for the Cubs, Coach. can you? It was one of the most phenomenal seasons ever. And then the next year, the Cubs were actually pretty good. Yes. And when it was clutch and we really needed him, I mm-hmm. didn't have 54. I think he had more like five or four. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah,
1: Chicago Cubs have gone through a long streak of many years where they would pick up, like, bullpen guys, uh, theoretical stars from other teams, and they'd be complete bust for the Cubs, i.e., uh, well, Mel the Rojas. shining point of that would be Mel Rojas, right? The great New York for, Met.
0: Yeah, don't forget. Uh, well, he he came over from uh, Les Expose, but uh, there's been a few. There's been uh, uh, Dave Jones. Dave, yeah, Dave Smith. Well, Dave, Dave Smith, Jones, thank that's you. Just good, you know. Uh, but there's been a couple. The Cubs have had of the all time save leaders. A bunch of them have pitched for the Cubs, mm-hmm. like Dennis Eckersley. He was a guy that. Uh, Drank four to every five nights a week. The only night he would not drink during baseball seasons was the day the day before he pitched. Mm-hmm. And the problem was the day after he pitched, and he normally had to. Dallas Green, um, we tried to make him a reliever. The the A's traded for him and basically told him, "You're going to be a reliever, so you can't drink anymore." So mm-hmm. he quit drinking, and he ended up being one of the best relievers uh, yeah. in the history of the game.
1: Yeah. Another Chicago Cub who was uh you know average when he was with us and became a Hall of Famer. When he left the Cubs, there's a long lineage of that, and again, uh, the poster child of that story would be Mr. Lou Brock, the ex-St. Louis Cardinal.
0: Oh, well, he only got a couple of years to play for the Cubs before they traded him.
1: Yeah, but it was still—I mean, that that trade goes down as one of the worst trades of all time, right? Ernie yeah. Brolio for uh, Lou Brock.
0: Yeah, without question, coach. That's probably and it can't be lower than the third worst trade or most lopsided trade in the mm-hmm. history of baseball.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's start off with the uh, baseball. I do want to uh, talk Kentucky Derby today. We got a couple of big stories in the world of golf, NBA playoffs. A lot to get to, folks. And uh, again, we are here for you. Anything you want to talk about, dial it up. We'll get you right on triple eight four six three six seven four eight. You can email us at Mike. Two, guys, AOL.com, that's M-I-C, and the number two. Uh Big Dome, let's start off with baseball. uh Here in Chicago on one side of town, we're slip-slipping away. The White Sox lose two out of three to the Yankees, but your beloved Chicago Cub, very nice over the weekend. They lost their first game to Arizona on Thursday, I believe it was, came back and won three in a row, and Alfonso Soriano, hotter than Hades.
0: You know what, Coach, on Friday at about 10 a.m. in the morning, I was standing extremely close to Alfonso Soriano, screaming at the top of my lungs about he, what a bum he was. He wasn't and at he the saddle club, around. was he? What's up?
1: He wasn't at the saddle club, was he?
0: No, he was not at saddle up. He was taking batting practice. Ah. Okay. And Ryan Dempster told me to shut the F up while I was screaming at Soriano. And then I was like, I was like, give me Rudy, yo, amigo, you overpaid. <laughs> Put me <laughs> in a phone booth with him. And that's, ever, that's legitimately, the Cubs were like screaming at me to shut the blank up. Uh, and, uh, I don't think they're going to let me in Wrigley Field ever again with nobody else in there, coach. Well, whatever, and- you, whatever you
1: said or whatever you did to motivate or get Alfonso, uh, Soriana angry, I think I could speak for most Cub fans. Come and do it again because he was great over the weekend.
0: Yeah, I- I'm going to. You know, normally I would say that's just a bunch of hogwash, but I'm going to take 100% credit for the reason why uh, Alfonso Soriano is turning it around right now, Coach. Mm -hmm. 100%. It's 100% on me why the Cubs actually hit this weekend.
1: Wow. I mean, they came back and, uh, what, got 11 to 5. Uh, Yesterday was 10 to 5. Very, very impressive. And uh, Arizona Diamondback wiped the Cubs out in game one. We were all thinking negative. But, uh, what, good weekend. Maybe the key to the Cubs season so far this year, Big Dog, is let's not, the weekdays have not been very good on weekends. I think they're like 9 and 2 on the weekend. So maybe, uh, you know, party on and let's just play on Friday, Saturday, Sundays.
0: Well, you know what? I, you know, I like to have like a 120 start on a Tuesday, watch them and have them win a couple games. It would be nice if this eventually did happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, hey, whatever it takes, if it takes the weekends for the Chicago Cubs, that's, well, you know what it might be? Is these players coming in from out of town. You know, Chicago on a, a Friday and Saturday night is an awful lot of fun. And it's probably the fact that these players that are coming into town have weakened play. Mm-hmm. There you go. Women, weak legs.
1: legs. one of your oldest theories that you propounded on the uh, old radio program we had?
0: Well, I, I don't want to act like I came up with that. Burgess Meredith and Rocky is the one who came up with it. Maybe one of the greatest lines in all of uh, <laughs> uh, sports movie history.
1: Uh-huh. All right. Uh, any other? Now, so you were at the Cubs game? Am I uh, to take that correct?
0: Oh well, I, I was, well the Friday one I left, but it, like before the game, I was yelling at at the Cubs extremely vehemently, and they bonded, coach. They legitimately bonded. When I started ripping Soriano, they all got puffy chested, and they're like, "Don't talk to our teammate that mm-hmm. way, seriously, coach." This, this actually, I wasn't. I'm not just making this up. This did happen. So I don't know. Maybe they, ever since then they've been crushing the ball, and so is Soriano. Maybe he saw like his teammates get his back.
1: Uh, any so. chance we can get you to go over to the south side and help out the White Sox because the Sox. Uh,
0: well, they had one
1: good game out of three. They lost Friday to the Yankees, came back on Saturday, AJ Persinsky with a big, uh, base hit late in the ballgame. They win seven to six, and then they get hammered yesterday, 12 to three. Uh, big dog, uh, the White Sox pitching, starting pitching, supposed to be at the top, maybe the top in the league so far. It has been less than mediocre, but, uh, Sox at 10 and 15, not quite as pretty a picture.
0: Yeah, it's been atrocious. Let's just, let's just say that. And you know what the funny thing was? Is Kenny Williams talked about? You know, this could end up being one of the greatest starting rotations in the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. The GM said that going into the season, and not only is it has it is it been bad, it's possibly if you look so far uh, in Major League Baseball this year, they might have the worst starting staff in the American League. Well, so far yeah. through the first twenty-five games, I'm not saying uh, they could turn around, Coach. There's a lot of talent there, mm-hmm. but if you statistically, they have been abysmal. So yeah,
1: I understand that. But but nevertheless, when Kenny Williams made that statement, I thought he was uh over exaggerating a little bit, but uh, the White Sox starting pitching staff had certainly had the potential to be the best in baseball and in a perfect scenario, you know, one of the better ones we've seen in recent memory. John Danks has held up but Burley, Peavy, uh Gavin Floyd, not so good, Freddie Garcia. But when Kenny Williams made that statement, Big Dog, I didn't think he was uh too far exaggerating, too far out of line.
0: Uh, well, you know, I didn't really think so either. But I mean, I, I, I could I could imagine him saying they could have the best in the game. But he was talking about the history of the game, coach.
1: He got a little but, bit uh, little bit carried away, a little bit too much of the White Sox Kool Aid for Coach Kenny.
0: Do, do you know who has the best starting pitching staff in baseball right now? And every single one of the pitchers are homegrown. Don't the tell Tampa me. Tampa Bay Rays.
1: I bro. was going right, to. They were one of three. Or, I was trying to think which team. But yeah, Tampa Bay. Now give me some of the names for a. Tampa Bay. Who, who's pitching for them?
0: Uh, Jeff Neiman. Okay. I mean, th- I mean, this guy. You know, he was one of those guys that had the million dollar arm, and he was six foot eight, and he he couldn't throw strikes. Well, he's throwing strikes, coach. Nobody's hitting him. That Wade Davis yesterday pitched eight shutout innings for the the race. He's been phenomenal. What and a Matt ball And Garza has got one of those heavy fastballs. With, by that he throws the sinker. He's been just absolutely lights out. And then number one, former number one overall pick, David Price. You know, like it was kind of funny. Like last year he had kind of a rough year, but his ERA was still like below just below 4, and people were ripping this guy and I was like, "Guys, he's 22 years old. Well, he's 23 now, coach, and mm-hmm. he, he looks great and uh the Rays have a. am I I'm I'm missing the fifth guy. I can't think of it right now, but those guys have been phenomenal so far this year."
1: Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive White Sox pitching staff has not been impressive. They take on the Kansas City Royals. Starting today, no Monday off. The Cubs have an off day. Again, you want to talk some baseball here, folks. Chicago and or otherwise, 888-463-6748. Couple of quick thoughts on the White Sox. Before we move on, we'll do a little MLB baseball recap from the weekend. Uh, the big dog and the coach. It's a Monday specialty here. One, the Kansas City Royals are coming into town with a leadoff hitter. His name is Scott Podsednik. He's batting 304. The Sox gave him away. To pick up Juan Pierre, big dog, who's batting 150 something, not looking very good right now. giving away Podsednik, he's proven to be a pretty good leadoff hitter for the Royals.
0: Uh, yeah, so far, so far it looks like it, it was a bad decision. But uh, Juan Pierre is one of those guys who usually starts off slow and mm-hmm. has a great second half. But okay. hopefully, he doesn't start out so poorly that it buries the White Sox because they don't have a leadoff hitter and they moved him out of that slot. Ozzie well, does not want a guy uh you know, with a one fifty four batting average leading off anymore. And and the thing about Juan Pierre coach is he doesn't walk very often. So, you know, Juan Pierre has to hit like three twenty in order to be a, a, a an asset at the leadoff position. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh
0: you know, because he he's not gonna draw the walks and get on base that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely so far Juan Pierre another disappointment. He needs he can't Ban him from the city of Chicago because he did exactly the same thing with the Cubs back in 06.
1: Yeah, I like the guy. You know, I was not disappointed the Sox picked him up, but uh, so far it hasn't worked out. And maybe the Juan Pierre of his mid to late 20s is not the Juan Pierre of his late 30s. That extra decade has taken a toll on J.P.
0: No, no, the coaches, i got to be honest with you, he does this every year. He did it with the Rockies. He, the only team he didn't start out atrociously for were the couple years he played for the Marlins. But it seems like everywhere he goes, except last year with the Dodgers, because you know he didn't have the position guarantee to him. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Manny Ramirez got busted uh, with the estrogen pills because he wanted to grow breasts, um, so that he got banned for 50 games. And all of a sudden, Pierre, you know, became the their leadoff hitter and he was phenomenal. But typically, Coach, he's a slow starter. So White fans, I know it looks like it was a real bad move right now. Don't freak out too much. But you know, if it's June 1st and he's still hitting 200, maybe he, you know, he might be missing one day.
1: Does give us hope for, <laughs> does give us hope for the future. I appreciate that knowledge of that it always is curious when I hear guys, uh, you know, that are notoriously slow starters. They never hit in April or mid-May. And I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm going to throw out just a, uh, a weird managerial decision. How about this crazy idea? Don't play those guys in April or mid-May. Why not start them in late May? If they're well, notoriously because, bad hitters in April,
0: don't play them in April. Just a crazy because, thing. Because then May will become their April. It's one of those guys that maybe they have to get the kinks out of their swing. Maybe. I, I, I see what you're saying. Like Mark Teixeira hit 136 in the month of April, Coach. 136. There's a possibility that I could hit 136 in a month. I mean, that's how bad 136. That's not good. And And it's funny because so far this month, he's, Six for eight in the in the first two games of May. <laughs> he's he's he has uh, uh it, it was something like he had 11 hits in the whole month of April and he's
2: got six hits in the
1: first two games of May. Mm-hmm. Could be a, sometimes like a psychological thing that Maybe just don't 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 play again. put him on the bench in April, and when May hits, start him in May.
0: A lot of well, guys. Or, Derek or, or,
1: Lee or of the is, Cubs is another slow starter.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah, it was the yeah chick fil had one good month of April ever, and it was last year where he was just—he was phenomenal, crushing the ball. Mm-hmm. He was all right in five, but yeah, he's another guy. He is notoriously a slow starter.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we need some no stories. I'd rather play the notoriously fast starters and then trade them about midseason and pick up some guys that are notoriously good closers. I think I found a way to build a championship team.
0: Yeah, that's not bad, you know, because you get, like, Andy Pettit, who typically is, like, yeah. 5-0 and on May 1st, and then right. it's all downhill from there until October starts, and then mm-hmm. he's good again. Yeah, there, There's a few players like that.
1: Ryan uh, Theriot, the fine shortstop of the Chicago Cup. Hopefully he'll prove us different this year, but in his career he's been uh, very good early, not so good in September.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, a lot of catchers are like that, too. They they tend to wear down throughout yep. the season. Uh, but, yeah, Ryan Theriot is mm-hmm. uh, Last year he actually had a, a decent August and September. Because typically he's abysmal the last the last two months of the year. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I like your uh, you, you know your philosophy, coach. The only problem <laughs> is people would probably tend to catch on, so you probably can only do it one year.
1: <laughs> it was worth a shot. Hey, before we leave the White Sox, there is uh, one diamond in the rough in the rubble. Like when a building collapses, you have to search around and you find one maybe. Diamond in the rough, one moving, breathing, living mechanism. And I have found and nobody's talking about this guy much. But this is uh this is like the Statue of Liberty and the Planet of the Apes sticking out above the sand. Sergio Santos, who never pitched, pretty sure I got the record, never pitched in high school. He was at college in a minor league shortstop. Only a year ago did he pick up pitching in Big Dog. Very quietly, again, amidst the rubble and the disaster that Chicago White Sox baseball has been the first month. They may have found a star in the making. Have you seen this kid pitch his ball? That curveball curves and that fastball goes fast. That's about as simple as I
0: can put it. Yeah. And, and you know what? This might seem kind of uh, silly, what I'm saying here, but he probably has a fresher arm than some of these pitchers, too. Yep. Because, you know, maybe he hasn't, uh, you know, he hasn't worn it down and beat it down enough. And if you think about this, the best reliever that the Cubs have, Carlos Marmol, was a catcher and he couldn't hit. So yep. they're like, You got a great arm. Before we cut you, do you want to go on the mound to see? You know, and obviously, <laughs> like any, you know, uh, player, he's gonna, you know, give it a shot. And he did. And guess what? Carlos Marmol is, uh, you know, has a chance mm-hmm. to be an elite closer in this game. The, there's a the Cubs have had a few players like that that weren't good as, as position players, and they turn around and they end up being decent pitchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so hopefully this guy can uh, be one of those uh, lightning in a bottle things that can yeah. really help you for the. He's only a pitched,
1: like I think nine or ten innings. Pitches an inning at a time, so nine or ten appearances. But he's barely been hit. Got something like thirteen strikeouts, four walks, and uh, very, very impressive so far. Hopefully not just a, um, you know, flash in the pan. Hopefully he's for real. He needs to pitch more to prove it. But Sergio Santos, a star in the making for the White Sox. Real quick, before we take a break, again, we got to get to some golf stories, the Kentucky Derby, NBA playoffs, and other uh, news and notes off the sports page. Got to do a little Sports Guys Talk politics today, too. Randy Meyer, our producer, can we sneak in a quick MLB recap before the break? Randy has no idea. I think he's listening to the replays of like some show that was on at 3 in the morning, not even listening to our show. All right, very quickly, Big Dog, you ready?
0: Yes, I'm ready, Coach.
1: You don't sound like you're ready. Sound like you're a distracted individual.
0: No, I I feel ready, Coach. All
1: right, American League real quick over the weekend. Baltimore 3, the Red Sox 2 yesterday. The Orioles swept the Red Sox. Big dog, doesn't happen too often, but Baltimore shall rise again.
0: Uh, Yeah, this is a team that was absolutely brutal. They were were double digits out before May 1st started, and they end up sweeping the team out. Boston might be in a little trouble. You know, everybody always talks about the evil empire and the Yankees and how much money they spend. Well, you know, the Red Sox... Their payroll is about $175 million this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're extremely disappointed up in New England right now.
1: Uh, throwing error. Throwing error in the 10th inning by their star reliever, Jonathan Papelbaum. That's what brought in the big run. Baltimore, by the way, here shows you how far they've gone. They sweep. They win a sweep over the weekend. They win all three, and their record's still 7-18. and 18. That's not good.
0: That isn't good. But you know what? There's nowhere to go from up from there. Yes. Yes, they've
1: been saying that for uh, eight years in Baltimore. You, you,
0: know who, you know who's running that particular organization, right? Uh,
1: Peter Uberoth.
0: Uh Andy McPhail. <laughs> Andy well, McPhail? The Andy ex- McPhail. Uh, yeah, he's the uh, former Cub uh, general manager and, and then, late, then later on the president. Yes. And it pretty much just shows what he does to an organization.
1: Excellent with the Minnesota Twins. Not so good with the Cubs. A disaster with the Baltimore Orioles.
0: Yeah, he's not exactly branch Rickey, coach.
1: All right. You, <laughs> You alluded to uh, one of the American League games, the brilliant pitching performance of Wade Davis at Tampa Bay. A good old fashioned one to nothing baseball game. Tampa Bay knocks off the Royals. Oh, we don't get those games anymore. Zach Granke was great for the Royal, but, uh, old fashioned one nothing. Tampa Bay pulls out a win.
0: Yeah. So far this year, you can, you can say that. Zach Granke has pitched about as well as all but about 10, t- 10 pitchers in the game of baseball, yep. and he hasn't won yet, Coach. Six starts, he's 0-3 with a 2.27 ERA. and He's only pitched poorly in one game so far this year. Mm-hmm. He pitches a complete game, gives up one home run to Adam mm-hmm. Longoria, only gives up five base runners, and he gets the L. So, you know... <laughs> I don't All think right. he'll be winning the Cy Young this year. People well, might be ripping him, but my goodness, he's pitched fine. It's not like he's pitching poorly.
1: We'll say the same thing to Zach Greinke, as we said about the Baltimore Orioles. There's only one way to go but up. All right. Uh, next up on the docket, Detroit Tigers over Anaheim, 5-1, to one, a sweep for the Tigers. Big dog, they've won five in a row. The disappointment of last year in the hindview mirror, the Detroit Tigers might be for real this year. And on top of that, they got a no-smoking rule in the clubhouse now. Just Jim Leland has to, like like a little high school kid, he has to find a sneak place and smoke his two packs of cigarettes per game.
0: That's absolutely ridiculous. Seriously. Which
1: The, the rule, rule or the fact that Leland still
0: smokes? No, yeah, the rule. Okay. They, they can't have a smoking area for the players and stuff?
1: There, you know, no smoking in public places. Apparently their Tiger Stadium is going to be no different from anywhere else.
0: So I, I guarantee you that manager's office reeks of Marble Reds, Coach.
1: <laughs> hey, they've won five in a row since the smoking ban came in. Maybe it's working.
0: Uh, well, something's got to work for that team. Though they—they're another team. All kinds of money spent and not many results. You know, they have a lot of high-priced guys that haven't gotten it done for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
1: this year they are getting it done. Texas knocked off Seattle—a sweep for the Texas Rangers. Big dog. I don't know if you take a sneak peek, and it. it's not a very sexy division. But uh, if you look at the American League West. Just about every team is at 500. You got Anaheim, you got Seattle, you got the Texas Rangers. This might be a division where um, all four teams come down the stretch within like five or six games of each other. Could be very fascinating as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, Seattle is 11 and 14. Yep. They're in last place, coach, and they're two games out of first place. There you go. Every single team in this division this year so far has been in first place and in last place at some point throughout the season.
1: And you project, you look at the talent, and you know, some, some years you can say, well, that's just a temporary thing. This team's gonna shoot above, this team's gonna drop down. You look at the talent of those four teams, that might be the way it is all season long.
0: Yeah, and I just saw an ask, I was watching uh, ESPN today, and, and Tim Kirchin brought up one of the most unbelievable points I think I've ever heard. Okay, it, you know, you hear this in a week, and you're like, oh, that's an interesting fact. After a month of baseball, the Seattle Mariners, have nine home runs as a team coach. Wow. Do you know how many home runs second baseman Kelly Johnson of the Arizona Diamondbacks has?
1: I know Chicago White Sox Paul Canerco has 12. How many does Kelly Johnson have?
0: Nine. He's got as many as the whole Seattle Mariners. Wow. Okay, this is a guy whose career high for home runs is 16. 16. And I'm not talking about over a course of a week. We're talking about the first four weeks of a baseball season, he has as many home runs as a, as, as a team.
1: Very good if you're a Kelly Davis fan. Not so good if you're a Seattle Mariner
0: fan. That's... And if you're a Kelly Johnson fan, it's even better.
1: Oh, Kelly Johnson, Kelly Davis, <laughs> yeah. He uh,
0: had so, a couple home runs this weekend against the uh, Chicago Cubs, as a matter of fact. On Thursday, he had Yeah,
1: all in the Kelly family. All right,
0: got to take a quick break. Uh, oh, and the Philadelphia
1: Phillies, we should mention. Knock off the Mets 11-5. to Pretty good series there. They won uh, two out of three. Big dog, when we come back, we'll talk about the Derby, uh golf, and a few other news and notes, okay? Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right
0: Lines are open for your calls on two guys and a mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com.
1: Big hey dog, can you analyze any difference between the musical interlude of a fill-in producer today, Randy Myers, and our normal producer, David Olson? Any uh, comments on the musical interlude?
0: Uh... Well, to be quite honest with you, when are we going to be able to play real music and not from that same guy who who plays the same guitar riff over and over again? I mean, can can we step up and do we have the money to step up and maybe get like uh, an Ozzy Osbourne song or something like that, Coach?
1: Well, I was told, uh, I believe, Randy, we, one of the differences of radio and Internet, we can't play
0: CDs, right? Oh, is that because they could download the song or something like that? Yeah, apparently.
1: Or I guess we can play it, but we have to pay. So, Big Dog, if you're willing to donate a bit of your already limited salary, we could actually play some Ozzy Osbourne for you.
0: Whatever it takes, Coach. Whatever it takes. (laughs) Uh, I'm on, uh, you know, Crazy Train or something.
1: Oh, goodness. Um,. Now, you know, it, it is dangerous. Welcome back, of course, Talkzone.com, Two guys in a mic. Phone line's open. 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Uh, just for a brief moment in time, it's very dangerous when we step out of the sports section onto the political page, but I think I've got the story quick, Big Dog, where here in the city of Chicago today is the Nuclear Disarmament Conference. And amongst, and who knows, he could be listening now, and i Thought maybe you could uh, shout some thoughts out to him. But uh, Iran's very own Mahmoud Ahmadinejad here in the mm-hmm. city of Chicago attending the conference. He could be listening to our show right now. Big Dog, any message you'd like to send out to our good friend Mahmoud?
0: Oh, oh, just stay away from Peterville on, on uh, 71st and Vincennes. Their falafel is awful. So stay away from that place. <laughs> if you want to you want to go north side when you when you get your your hummus and all that other stuff that you're uh-huh. going to be eating because the last thing I want is an upset job coach. Yeah. Seriously, you know that guy if he if he has indigestion or yeah. anything like that it, it, we are not going to be able to get him to give up his new It's great advice. That's you know
1: you you think about Amadidajad and some bad falafel things could get uglier in the city of Chicago.
0: Oh, you you don't want that.
1: Yeah. It, it, I'm man. thinking though I'm thinking he has probably has his fill of it when he comes to Chicago he's probably looking for uh, some other restaurants, a taste of it, you know, possibly, uh you know, a visit a little of the Italian village, maybe even um, Greek town, possibly.
0: Oh, just be careful. He's like, hey, go to, you know, go to Giordano. You know, he goes to Gino's East to get some pizza, yeah. and somebody says, and he's like, you know, what's this good here? And he's like, oh, you might want to try the sausage patty pizza. Next thing you know, he's freaking out. Sausage, you know, and then next thing you know, the <laughs> Bunch of people are dying, so mm-hmm. you got to be really careful. You got to treat this kid All with right. kid's gloves because you don't know when he's going to freak out.
1: Any okay. of our uh, listeners in the Chicago area can have any suggestions. Mahmoud, I, I don't know if he's listening or not, but I'm sure at least a few of his people are. Any suggestions uh for the two days Mister Ahmadinejad is in town, where he might dine? I don't know if they have Chipotle's out in Iraq, Big Dog, but I think uh at least a lunch break at Chipotle for a Mahmoud Ahmadinejad might be a good look.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, Coach, you, you love that place. I, I, I just can't stand they put the rice inside the burrito. I mean, give me some meat. Oh, I mean, I'm paying like $8 for a burrito. What? Can I at least have some steak in there? <laughs> at Chipotle, you get both. Yeah, yeah, see, I don't like the rice in there. Oh. I, I, I like to go to real Mexican restaurant. Okay. I like, I like the fact that some guy that is illegal here, I'm helping their family. Well, <laughs> I,
1: I, I hear you with that. Not a chain. I can live with that. But, uh, if there's not rice in a burrito, then what, Besides the meat, what else fills you up?
0: Meat. That- okay, they charge at Chipotle, they charge like 2 to $3 more than they do at a real burrito place. And yet they fill the stuff up with rice, which costs them like $0.10. Cents. Well, you can get anything you want on there. You don't have to have the right? They got all the
1: ingredients. And-,
0: yeah, and if you don't put the rice in there, the burrito is like the size of my fist. All right. We're just we're just gonna have to disagree on this Chipotle thing, Coach. I, right. I I like a real burrito. I I don't like rice in my burritos. All
1: right. I was trying to uh, on behalf of Chipotle of Mister Jad listening right now is trying to possibly uh, get him to stop in for a quick lunch break. But you're probably right. A more authentic Mexican restaurant might be a better call. Well,
0: what right. I don't know what he likes. Maybe he does like the rice, Coach. Possible.
1: Very possible. All right. Eight 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 four six three six seven four. What is the uh, Nuclear Disarmament Conference, obviously it's about nuclear disarmament. Is this an annual convention?
0: Um, I don't know, but I know we've had like these things before. I think they're called summits and not conferences.
2: Mm-hmm. The,
0: the only problem is the, the countries that actually come to this, it's good to have uh, Iran's leader here, but is Kim Jong-il here? That's the most important one. Okay, So if everybody else agrees to disarm him and he doesn't, we've made no progress because mm-hmm. you only need one nuclear bomb to go off to really make this uh, world a hellhole. I, so, you know, if not everybody's here, it's, it's meaningless, Coach. It's meaningless.
1: I believe, according to our reports given to us by our research people here, Kim Jong is uh, is ill.
0: Okay, so he's not, not able not to make the trip. And I definitely can tell him some good Korean places to eat here. Yes. And, you know, and, uh, you know unlike Seoul, Korea, we actually have domesticated animals running the streets. <laughs> Because <laughs> they don't survive in that particular uh,
1: city. <laughs> All right. Speaking of animals, if I could make a quick transition out of the political pay, we normally we'd go longer. But you know, the old two-hour show, we could ramble a little bit more. Here in on a one-hour show, it goes so quick. We do got to get back to meat and potatoes. Um, the animal I bet on on a Saturday at Churchill Downs, Big Dog. I never. Not only did I never see his name called, I, I'm not even sure he ran in the race. To be I quite frank I, with I bl- you,
0: I blame myself. Because you always pick the derby winner right, so I decided to throw down money on homeboy Chris, and the best way for me to put it was, that's all I did was throw it down, because I, I never even got a chance to do that. Come on, homeboy. Yeah. <laughs> Not even on time. Not. Unbelievable.
1: Little do we know, by the way, one of the uh, majority owners of homeboy Chris was uh, L.A. Dodger manager Joe Torre.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and to be quite honest with you, if he wasn't gelded before, he would have been after the way he ran in that particular race. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if I'm if I'm a, a Los Angeles a yeah. middle reliever, and he comes out to the mound, yeah. and you all of a sudden hear Tory being like, "Hey, listen, uh, I, I told you to throw strikes. You know what? We don't. You don't need to pass your team time. We're going to geld you. Forget about taking him out of the ball game. You know what I mean?" You know, uh, so that's never, classic. Never meaning to pass the ball. If you know what I mean?
1: If he wasn't gelded before the race, after running that race, he will be now, huh? Yeah. No, I, I actually bet on line of David, who I think finished like 21st out of 20 horses. But the homeboy Chris, we only half kiddingly said that he might win because he was a gelding. Yeah. There was 18 male horses, one female horse. The female horse, uh, very uh, flirty, if you will. Devil May Care was her name. Yeah. And we kind of surmised, again only half kiddingly, that some of the other horses might be more interested in the flirtatious uh, ravocations of Devil May Care, and that would leave the gelding, who had nothing to lose, homeboy Chris to pull homeboy Chris to pull it home in the stretch. But that theory did not come true. Uh,
0: It did not. But I liked your theory, Coach. I went with it, and I basically had a hand over $3. And you know, somebody was like, you know, somebody, one of my buddies said to me, oh, $3, that's a really big bet. I'm like, for me, relatively, you just bet 100 I bet 3 trust me. It's a lot riskier bet for me betting a 3 than it was if you bet 100
1: <laughs> Super Saver was the Derby winner, ridden by Calvin Bullrell. He has become a uh, jockey sensation, big dog, animated, very likable, very charismatic. Unbelievable. We have the last four Derbys now. He has won three of them. He, he has become, I'm not going to say the Tiger Woods of jockeys, that's too contrite, but he is... Uh, Let's put it this way: When it comes to Churchill Downs, Calvin Burrell is the lead jockey.
0: Yeah, and uh, not only is it—I mean, it, the guy has got a little bit of uh, charisma to him. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he—he's uh, got a little pizzazz, a little flash, and mm-hmm. and have you seen his girlfriend?
1: I have not.
0: Oh, you know, for for a five foot two guy that wears tights and boots and carries around a riding crop. She's smoking hot, Coach.
1: <laughs> I think the key is the riding crop.
0: Is that what it is?
1: I'm not sure. I'm just going to take a wife. Wa- is that girlfriend or wife? I thought it was his wife.
0: Uh, it might be his wife, but i got to tell you something. The, the, the girl is spectacular.
1: Calvin Borel. Got to love I mean, him. The- Super Saver brings home. By the way, the second place horse, I don't know if you watched the race or not, but Icebox. Yes. The number two yes. horse just flying down the stretch and even at the finish line. He was just flying. If the race was about ten yards longer, he would have won. Whenever I see a horse like that, it always um I always ask myself, Well, why didn't the jockey get start the early. if the horse has got that much left, why didn't the horse start going sooner? But Icebox was flying down the back stretch.
0: Yeah, my my brother won the exacta on the race. Uh huh. Yeah, that very good. He picked Super Saver to win and uh and uh, what Icebox to finish in second. So uh, he had a nice little payout uh, nice. on uh, on Saturday. You know, you know, I agree with you, coach. You know, why didn't he do this? Why did he do that? But when you're talking about 20 horses in a race, you can get boxed in and, yep. and not be able to get around horses. In and, and Pimlico and uh, at Belmont, that is far less likely an issue because there's, you know, going to be any, there's probably going to be 10 horses at the most mm-hmm. out on the track. So typically, you know, you can run your strategy without worrying about a, a horse getting boxed in. See, that's what I, homeboy Chris had, had a problem. He was behind all the horses. That, that was my problem. Was my Otherwise, he, if he wasn't behind all the horses, he could have won the
1: race. <laughs> Never a good strategy. Yes. Uh, 155,802, by the way, in attendance at the Derby. Uh, moving quickly to story number two, titillating tidbits, news and notes over the weekend. we got two golf stories to report. First, uh, out of Quail Hollow, the PGA Tournament in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina, Tiger Woods, very quietly made his second appearance back since all the controversy, Big Dog. He was eliminated early. Didn't even make the cut. And a 20-year-old sensation from Northern Ireland, Rory McElroy, is your winner. Bad weekend for Tiger, though.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess that's what all everybody's talking about. Let's focus on a guy that isn't even 21 years old yet Coach. He couldn't even celebrate by going out and having a drink. And he goes out and, and wins an event. You know, it's pretty cool. He's been like one of those. He's like the Jason Hayward. Right now, everybody was raving about this guy. So oh, he's going to be great one day. We keep an eye on him. He won. You know, so they, that's, let's, let's let the story be. Uh, Rory uh, McIlroy, and, and not the fact that Tiger got blown away on a golf course.
1: Well put. Well put. By the way, he shot a 62 yesterday, Royal McIlroy. Well, yeah,
0: 62
1: down the street. That's, that's like a horse. And I think he was leading coming into the, that's like a horse that was in the lead coming around the back stretch and then just pulling away by like 20 lanes. 62 for the young kid.
0: Yeah, who's the who's the 18-year-old Japanese kid who shot a 58 this well, weekend? That's the next story
1: in line. The 18-year-old kid's name is Rio Ishiwaka. A 58. Lowest score ever on a, I don't know if you call this a PGA event. It was the Japanese tour, but it's going down, I think, as a record for professional. Previous record, three guys had it at 59. He shot a 58. That's ungodly. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah I, I don't know much about golf, but I do know 58 is very, very good, Coach.
1: Wow. 12 birdies, no bow. He didn't eagle, no hole in ones. He didn't get the score the fancy way. He did it the old fashioned way. 12 birdies out of 18 holes, a 58. Awfully good, big dog. Awfully good. Rio so, Ishawaka.
0: So it was a 70. Uh, what do you call it? A, a, a par 70 course?
1: Um, yes.
0: Oh, that's not that impressive. What's the big deal?
1: A 58.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm joking, coach. Okay. I'm joking.
1: Thank you. I certainly <laughs> hope you were. Uh, <laughs> story number three over the weekend nba playoffs we had the milwaukee bucks eliminate atlanta knocked them off yesterday 95 to 74 all those uh, t-shirts big dog the fear the deer t-shirts are now available at a discount price
0: Yeah, you know, like i'm going to take all the credit for the Cubs actually waking up and, and hitting the ball this past weekend you need to take all the blame for why the fact that the milwaukee bucks are brutal as soon as you jumped on that bandwagon Coach, yep. you're broke
1: yep it just, I, you know, I got caught up in it. The Game 5 upset at Atlanta, the whole Fear the Deer thing, Scott Skiles doing it without their best player. I got caught up into it, and I now have uh, an extra-large sweatshirt and two sweatpants with Fear the Deer on it, and I don't think they'll be worth too much.
0: Well, yeah, you, you never know, Coach. You can use those for Halloween in a couple of years. Those, <laughs> the people are going to forget all about the Fear the Deer uh
1: uh, saying. Yeah, I credit the Atlanta Hawks for pulling that one out. Pretty good uh, first game yesterday. L.A. Lakers-Utah Jazz going to be a pretty uh, entertaining series between those two teams. Utah almost pulled it out in the stretch, but Kobe Bryant? Was Kobe Bryant down the road? Uh, yeah.
0: The Lakers, everybody's making a big deal because their second team didn't play all that well in the, in the fourth quarter, was it? Make it? The Utah Jazz were playing phenomenal in, in that quarter. It's funny how the story always has to be uh, on, like, the big guy. Why can't it be these, the, uh, the other guys that were getting the job done?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's, a,
1: it's a, been a theme of ours, and uh, you have certainly added to it today in sports. I think we've become, and partly because of the media, the newspapers, all the reports, we've become almost mesmerized by the negative. It's almost passe to bring out the negative and to almost de-emphasize the positive. So I like your approach. Don't knock the Lakers starters. But credit the Utah second team for making a heck of a comeback.
0: Yeah, it, uh, and Darren Williams got hurt in the game. He's got a bad shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's absolutely huge. It was funny. The Utah Jazz made that run with uh, Darren Williams on the bench.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, and then now uh, the Cavaliers knocked off the Boston Celtics. LeBron James got hot in the second half. I think that's going to be a fairly fascinating series, possibly go six or seven.
0: Um, you know what? I, I definitely see that because uh, the Celtics – Really paid, played poorly in that game, coach. Yet, you know, it, it was a very, very close game. I, I definitely can see that game going, uh, that series going six or seven.
2: Mm-hmm. All
1: right. That's you want to talk it. some NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, anything that happened over the sports weekend? Coach and the dog at your service up until 11 o'clock. Dial it up at 888-463-6748. If you want to email us, you can do it at mike2guys.aol.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike. Two guys, AOL.com. David Olson, our producer, back in the saddle. I want to thank Randy Myers for filling in. Dave, you didn't miss much the first 40 minutes of the show, only the fact that Joel went to a bar called The Saddle Up over the weekend in the far west suburbs. And yeah, I've been there before. You've been there, too? Yeah, I have.
0: Now, uh, would, yeah. you, would you have to agree that the, the woman to men ratio is ridiculous?
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> and, and and coach, the one thing I forgot to bring it up there: some teachers, these a bunch of women teachers, yes. were having some like get together. So there Uh-oh. was like thirty, like kindergarten teachers in this particular facility. Oh uh, boy! I, I, and you know what I would say about teachers? Only nurses are more um, yes, Randy. By the way, just you know, kindergarten just, uh, teachers
1: Meyer, but... with a few beverages at a place called Saddle Up. That's a dangerous one, two, three combination. Wow. <laughs> Hope you behave yourself. What else did we cover? We covered, oh yeah, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad's visit to the city of Chicago today and what restaurants he could go to. And also a little bit of baseball recap with the Cub up and the White Sox down. But um the one story we haven't gotten to is the NHL playoffs. We had a much anticipation dog for Saturday's opening game. Chicago Blackhawk fever running rampant here in the city of Chicago. A lot of buildup, a lot of excitement. I don't know what you can compare it to, but... Whatever balloon that was blown up, uh, the needle was put in, and we were deflated very quickly. Vancouver, five, and the Blackhawk won a disappointing first game. Your thoughts in eight words or less?
0: Uh, thank goodness my goddaughter had her communion on Saturday, and I <laughs> didn't have to watch that. Wow. joke of a game. <laughs>
1: that was 12 words, but point well taken. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, the good part is they get to come back in game two today, and... The Blackhawks did lose the opener to Nashville, right? So there's some past history here that says we shall overcome.
0: Now, what did I say on Friday was going to happen in this series, coach? That they were going to lose game one and win the next four. They're going to win four in a row. They're going to win this series in five games. Interesting. Interesting. And I'm 100% positive about this, coach. They are going to sweep the next four games. Okay. They, They... played as poorly as they as they've played all season i 've watched a lot of blackhawk hockey this year i haven 't missed too many games, and uh, okay I was able I was told what happened in this game, and from other people that I know that watch the Blackhawks all the time, they were like i 've never seen them play this poorly, so they 're all freaking out and i 'm like don 't worry, guys, this is where they get it done.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I happen to watch most of the game, and I could only wish my godson had a christening or whatever event where you were at because it was not time. <laughs> Well, we're spent, but, uh, that's interesting. So, uh, you predicted that. By the way, if you want to check out Big Dog's predictions, uh, or verify that he actually said that all of our shows, all of our shows are archived. You got some time you want to kill. You know, it's a slow day at the office. Go to the uh, webpage, two guys, com and Big Dog. People can go back two, three, four weeks, a couple of months ago. Any show they want to listen to, it's right there for you on the talkzone.com website or at two. Guys, Mike.com fan
0: page. Not a bad deal. No, is this in the National Archives, or is this on the com archive?
1: Well, no, it's just on, on the National Archives? No. No, I, if you go into Smithsonian, I don't, think, uh, I don't think you'll find our show from Thursday, February 18th.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Actually. Yes,
1: that was a bad show, as a matter of fact. <laughs> all right, but uh, Joe Keenville, known for making changes, you think he'll shake things up or stay put for Game Two tonight? By the way, eight o'clock, uh, not ESPN, Comcast Sports
0: Network. Well, he did shake things up uh, last series and yes. to work out. He will shake things up again. Niemi better be a net though, don't change, just because Niemi uh, had a bad game, and I, I, I wouldn't blame it all on him either. When I saw a lot of those highlights. It seemed, to be, it seemed to be a turnover uh, you know in the hog zone, and then next thing you know, some of these two guys are you know off what do you call it uh, odd number rushes going at them, mm-hmm. so hopefully they don't mess that around.
1: Yeah it was not so much the defense on the puck. It was the and again, I am after watching three or four regular season games and a couple of playoff games. I've become the hockey expert here on the talk zone dot com, but it was our weak side uh, defensive cover up ability. It was matching mm-hmm. up with not the guy with the puck. That's not who was killing us, Big Dog. But on the opposite side, Vancouver was consistently beating us. And uh, goaltenders, they need help on the off side, on the weak side. The Hawk were not there to be found.
0: Yes, and and they'll get that all corrected, Coach. You got one of the best coaches in the game. Yes, in, in Quinville, it's going to be all right.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, and um other NHL playoff uh, news and notes. Canadians. One of the upset teams, they won their first playoff game, right? What's the conference where you've got, like, the four seed, the six, the seven, and the eight?
0: Oh, that is, uh, that's the Eastern Conference, Coach. And uh, Montreal is the eighth seed. And right now, Yonislaw Hawk is playing absolutely phenomenal. Yes. uh, The eighth seed Montreal Canadiens, who are the New York Yankees of hockey, they got more money than God. Uh, They will, they still have a shot, and it's tied 1-1, so don't just assume that Sidney Crosby and and Malkin are going to get it done in that particular series.
1: Mm-hmm. Has an eight seed ever won the NHL playoff? Uh, ever they, won the Stanley Cup?
0: They they've gotten to the cup like three times, but they always lose. The the Minnesota North Stars, who are now the Dallas Stars, they've done it. Um, uh, if you do remember, the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> lost to the Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs uh, they they got to the finals when the Hawks were the number one overall seed. So mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's happened that they got to the finals, but no eight seed has ever hoisted the cup, Coach.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll get a Chicago Blackhawk-Montreal-Canadian Stanley Cup, just like the just like the old times, back in the original six days. Big dog. And a Coach, with you for a few more minutes. Uh, hey, by the way, the Bears had their um, training camp going over. Other NFL teams doing the same thing, getting all those rookies and free agents in. And uh, interesting that Mike Marks, maybe some of it was – Some of it was uh, the usual uh, you know, promo, the usual hype. I happen to believe some of it was reality. It's what I've been saying all along. I think we're finding out how bad, and I hate to criticize the guy because he's a nice guy, but strictly as a professional coach, how bad Ron Turner and his offense were. Mike Martz coming out and saying very confidently to the press, Big Dog, the receivers that we had, the supposedly uh, underachieving bunch, he says that he thinks they'll be the strength of the team. They didn't trade for anybody. Same guys, but he says these guys are better than he expected. And, um, again, I think I, I always said it last year, plenty of weapons there. We just had a sixth-grade offense run on it.
0: Yeah, I, I totally, completely and 100% agree with that statement. I like the fact that Mike March is making this prediction. It, it, it probably should help their confidence just a little bit. And yeah, the, the, the issue with the Bears last year was their offensive line. That was the, the most important thing. So, you know what, hopefully – The the offensive line will be better this year. Hopefully they can run the ball a little more, now that they have Chester Taylor to go along with Matt Forte. And uh, we can find out. You know, I I really still think Devin Hester is a third receiver, not a number one. But Earl Bennett, I think he'd be a very, very good receiver in the NFL. Uh, Joaquin Iglesias needs to take that next step up, and they need to actually get him. I think Joaquin Iglesias can actually be a – a Pro Bowl type player
2: coach.
0: Mm-hmm. So and we even I haven't even mentioned Devin Aramashadu. So I, I think there's some talent out there. So I'm glad Mike Mars is saying that is if you want to be great, you might as well expect your team to be great.
1: What if uh bear wide receiver Devin Arama Shadu sat down and had a little um discussion, maybe a little cup of tea with Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. What would Ahmadinejad and Devin Arama and Arama-shadu talk about you think?
0: Well, I don't know what they would talk about, but my prediction is uh to did a job of be walking out of that meeting with his with his pants, you know, halfway down his butt crack, and, and with like a little gangster <laughs> lean when he was walking. Coach, seriously, maybe Devin or Roma Shadu could really help uh, out the world in its uh, deep problems. Uh,
1: Gazun Titan, God bless you to both of those comments. Oh goodness! All right, and. uh Finally, as we head into uh, today's actions, Cubs are off today against Pittsburgh. The White Sox back in action against the KC Royals. So we got baseball here on the uh, south side of Chicago. Jake Peavy, by the way, back in action. Big Dog, you've been on the cell phone uh, on, in route to one of your new professional gigs. Give yourself a promo a little bit. I know you're shy by nature, but uh, what's the television gig you're about to appear in?
0: Well, it's uh, this is the engaged show, Coach. I'm actually acting today, but if you want me to give a promo, I launched an application, an app, a phone app the other day. Okay. So, it's called Joel's uh, Trivia, like Joel's Baseball Trivia, Joel's Football Trivia. We had uh, an extremely high amount of people that actually downloaded it the first couple days, Coach. So, I don't know. Hopefully, things will start working out for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole check topic thing went down on Friday, and that went absolutely great. So, I don't know. Hopefully things will start working out for the two of
1: us, Coach. Now, from what I heard on the Copic thing, it's uh, you represent, Copic's like the moderator, and then it's yeah. you as the Cub fan battling some other Yahoo who is a White Sox fan, and you guys go back and forth, and then the fans vote who they think was the most convincing. Do I got that at least somewhat yeah. correct?
0: Yeah, that, that that's how it goes, and uh, the, the White Sox fan that they had, the uh, – the first show, because I, I guess uh, the producers told me that we're going to have different White Talks fans going up against me, is a guy by the name of Matt Benson, who was absolutely great. I, he did a very, very good job. And, you know, Matt has no um, uh, experience doing television or radio or anything like that, but he's very, very entertaining, and um, I, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it, Coach. It's going to be very good. Uh, we're going to have clips. Pretty soon on 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 Facebook, I'll try to get them on mm-hmm. our uh, the TalkZone.com dot stuff, and uh, it's going to be shown in its entirety in mid May. It's, it's it was more of like a demo mm-hmm. thing, and hopefully it's going to be a television show, uh, you know, by June first. Uh, and so it's, it's going to work out, Coach. It, it was very very good, and Chet does a very good job, just like you. You do. You know, some people say I'm funny, but you do a good job of being the Darren Williams. And giving me the good look and a good opportunity <laughs> to, to say something funny, you know, Chet was doing that for me too. So I really appreciated that, Coach.
1: Uh-huh. So, is this going like, to be like? Is this a everyday thing, once a week,
2: or uh,
0: twice a week? We're gonna twice a week. They, they make sure we go to one North Side place, and then they make sure we do uh, one South Side place. The South Side place that we go to is going to be Rocco's on 31st Street, Coach.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, make sure you let us know. Uh, we'll get a big listening audience from two guys that the make. We'll get all of our dysfunctional fans there to cheer you on. Uh,
0: that sounds really, really good. We have plenty of dysfunctional fans, Coach. Yes. And Especially especially if you're a Cub fan, I'm going to need you.
1: Yeah, we got to get some support. What is there, like a vote at the end? Is it by uh...
0: – No, no, well, they they do it over the Internet, so it's not like they. I need okay. you there to win the actual vote. But the only problem is, like, seriously, Coach, I, I don't want to be in a room – with all Sox fans, and be the only one that showered there. (laughs) There Hey, now. Wow.
1: (laughs) A shooting salvo at our Southside fans, fired by the big dog, Joe Redwanski. And the TV show Engaged helped me out once again. Are you an actor in that?
0: Yes, yes. I wouldn't out of the fact that I tell you stuff a hundred times and you still don't remember it. <laughs> Actually,
1: I do, but I get such a kick out of asking you and getting you annoyed. It's part of the, uh, I don't have a whole lot of joy with this show, but uh, that's one of the joys I get out of it.
0: I, I do appreciate it, Coach. <laughs> anyway, I
2: can
1: amuse you. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, Big Dog, uh, now for the female fans out there that are wondering what days this week might we, exp- is this possibly the only day we're going to get you?
0: Um. I definitely will not be on tomorrow because uh, tomorrow I'm actually doing the this, this photo shoot. Somebody wants to take pictures of my calves tomorrow.
1: Pictures of your who? My calves. Your
0: cab. My calves. Okay. You know, like the thing below your yeah. knee and well, above you, your
1: ankle. Uh, yeah. You I, I, now my hearing's not very good, but you've had you've had your calves pictured before in a magazine, yes, I have. right?
0: Yes, I have. I'm, I'm a calf model coach. Yeah,
1: I've always said your ankles not that attractive. Your thighs do nothing for me, but you, when it comes to calves, awfully good.
0: Yeah, I, I got to tell you something. A lot of like people have called me liars over these things. Like I had one guy being like, "Oh, where'd you get those calf implants?" I'm like, oh, "I didn't get them." Well, what do you do to get them? I was like, "I don't exercise them at all because if I do, they'll blow up." Mm-hmm. And you know they. Oh, you're a liar. You you obviously either have calf implants or or you're doing steroids <laughs> or something. And calf I'm like, well, implants. I got like the, I got, like, the Popeye calves you know they he has big forearms uh-huh and little tiny like upper arms so, like i have like normal size like quads or mm-hmm. like upper legs and yep. then like these ham hocks right above my leg like right above my feet i can't explain it coach.
1: not to get our listeners too excited right now but it, when you're driving right now are you uh by any chance showing a little calf
0: no, actually, I'm right outside a place called 94 West. They can see food because this is where we're doing the shoot today. This okay. place is absolutely gorgeous. It's on it's on 94th uh, Avenue, 154th Street. Uh-huh. Just, it's just it's phenomenal. They got like this little Greek garden outside. They got a they got a bunch of naked nymphs. I mean, the statues, not real naked nymphs. I mean, All this right. place is this is pretty classy. I probably should have worn deodorant. Uh-huh.
1: All right, big dog, behave yourself. Good luck with all of your sort activities today, and uh, keep your calves covered, huh? Save it for the, save it for the real woman in your life. You're 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 too good a man to show calves to anybody.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it, coach. I, I I hate to be telling myself like this, but I got to make a buck anyway. And, and Dave Olson, thank you for showing up, my man. It's always good to talk to you.
1: <laughs> all right, have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at ten o'clock. Don't forget to spread the truth. Pass the gas we